Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. As we go through life, there are many dilemmas that we encounter. But there's one particular dilemma at the core of spiritual understanding. And that's the dilemma of being made of form and yet trying to understand the formless. Of being involved in the form and all of the fascinations that the form is drawn to, yet simultaneously trying to detach from the form and paying obeisance and understanding that reality is in a formless state. We have been told, and it has been explained to us, that we are form with formlessness within us. In other words, as we walk, we have a shadow. But Inside us, there is a part of us that is shadowless. Now, since the form is not, since the formlessness is not visible, we can't see the form us in the way that we see form. And this causes great dilemmas, especially for our sensory self, because we're used to dealing with sensory things, and we're used to responding to them by way of seeing or touching or feeling. Yet, we have to develop an understanding and a consciousness that there are things that exist that are formless, that have great power. And not only do they have great power, they can exist when the form doesn't exist. They can exist when the form disappears. They have an eternality to them that the form doesn't have. And we talk about these formless things. But many times when we talk about these formless things, we attach form to them. So that when we discuss them, when we think about them, when we envision them, they have a form to them. For instance, when you mention the word love, to a man, a beautiful woman may come to mind. To a woman, a handsome man may come to mind. Um, love becomes attached to and part of some sort of physical relationship. I love my car. I love my home. I love my kids. I love something or somebody. Is it possible that love exists in a formless state and is in fact something 
all by itself, without any attachment to anything else. This thing we call love that puts us in a different state of mind can also put us in a different state of being if we understand the truth of it. So, can we have love that's not attached to physical boundaries? Can we have love that exists for its own right, for its own sake, for its own unique essence? And can we understand that love and be involved in that love? In other words, love as an entity by itself, without form, without substance, without weight, but yet with enormous power to change and alter the way things are. Can we know love at that level? Can we, instead of loving something outside of ourselves, become love? In other words, the essence of that formless thing that is incredibly powerful, can we become that? Can we become part of what is formless? Can we attach to the formless as opposed to attaching to the form? In our discussions of things, in our relationships with things in the world, they are constantly attached to the things of the world. Can we understand that there are things that are not of this world, but from somewhere else, something else that is more powerful and stronger than the things of this world? Uh, for instance, at night, you see the moon. And the moon gives off light. It night lightens the dark sky. It is the brightest thing in the dark sky. Yet the moon doesn't give off any light. We just see light coming from it. But it is a dark gray body without heat, and without light. The light actually comes from the sun. But at night, we don't see the sun. So we assume the light comes from the moon. And it's like that with, mo with many things that we have understood. We've understood them inappropriately or incorrectly, because we haven't been able to get to the reasoning, the answer behind what makes it the way 
that it is. The moon is cold. The light is a reflection. But if we think the moon reflects its own light, we are making inappropriate assumptions. Now, this is an assumption, inappropriate or correct, which doesn't have a lot of meaning in our life. It doesn't have a direct effect upon us. I mean, unless you're taking a test in the science course and they ask you, where's the light from the moon come from? Uh, it's not going to do a whole lot to you. But we make assumptions all the time in other things that actually have an effect on us and have an effect on our spiritual growth. In religion, every one of the religions has ritual practices and has ways that they've established for prayer and ways that they've established to show obeisance to um, the hierarchy, either within the religion or to God. And we are told in many instances that these ritual practices are in fact the way of worship. And if that's all we've learned, we begin to believe that the rituals become our religion. And that's like the moon being our source of light. It's a weak light. And some days it has no light. And if you need to rely on that alone to get around, you're going to have difficulty getting around. You need the light of the sun in order to actually take you to places. And the light of the sun is so distant from the minds of the men who are not prophets, who are trying to interpret the religion to make it make sense, that the best they can do is give you a reflection. And in that reflection, they give you the moon and say, it's the sun. It's like when you take a picture of someone or something in the old days, when the picture came onto the negative, the negative is upside down. The man is standing on its head. And in order to see it appropriately, you have to turn it right side up. And that's what's happened in the religions. They've given us negatives. They've given us the best that they could do, but it's been shown through the lens of their understanding as opposed to the lens of the truth. Now, that doesn't mean these people are trying to lie to you. It just means that they are lying to you. Now, the fact that they aren't lying to you on purpose doesn't help. You're still getting upside-down information. And in order to get appropriate information, 
we have to somehow find somebody who either gets appropriate information directly or has been taught appropriate information. And through the ones who've been taught appropriate information, you can begin to get the truth. And then you'll find that what we now see has a trail. And you can see where that trail came from. And you can see how it got to this point. But somebody has to take it back to the truth. Somebody has to take it back to the source. Somebody has to take it back to the state before man got involved and tried to interpret it in such a way that he thought he could convey what it actually means. In uh, Hinduism, they have an enormous number of fables and stories. And all of the different aspects of the fables and stories represent something. And many of them represent worldly situations, elemental forms. And each one of them has a character. Now, these characters aren't meant to be more than elemental forms. But in the scope of the entire story, because they're considered holy stories, all of the forms become gods. Some of them not representing anything that has superior qualities. This is not uncommon. In some religions, the length of your beard is more important than the state of your heart. And if your beard isn't the right length, you can be killed. For some religions, the garb that you wear is more important than the heart that beats inside of you and the truth of who you are. And if you don't wear the right garb, you can be killed. So we have to begin to understand where the truth is and how to find the truth. And we have to understand that when we were created, everything that exists in the external world also exists within us. And some of those things are elemental, and some of those things are formless. Some of those things are divine, and some of those things are degraded. And we have to begin to choose what it is we are going to make our attachments with. The degraded, the elemental, the illusory, or the divine. And soon, as we begin to study this, we begin to learn that that which is divine is not something we can see. But it is something that we can taste with our inner tongue. It is something that we can hear with our inner ear. It is something that we can smell with our inner nostril, but not with our sensory eye. 
not with our sensory ears, not with our sensory nostrils. This is an existence and a different plane on a different level in a different way of understanding things. So that when we encounter others, we do not see them by way of caste or color or religion or language or territory. We see them as encasements of that which is divine. And we react through our own divinity to that divinity that is within them. And it's in that sort of interaction that our own divinity is strengthened and comes more to the forefront while still encased in this body of form, in this shadow body. And the more we are capable to connecting to the divinity that surrounds us, the more we are capable of entering Hak reality. That which separates me from you separates me from Allah, but that which connects from me to you connects me to Allah. So the more we're capable of connecting on that inner level, the more that we're capable of connecting with others in the unseen, with the unseen, we begin to separate ourselves from the obscene, from that which we shouldn't be connected to, from that which we shouldn't be integrated with. So, the scene in the spiritual world is not necessarily what we should be seeing. We have to be able to see that which can't be seen. And that's where the problem comes in. The intellect, which is our major way of perceiving things, the mind, can't see the unseen, can't encounter the unseen, can't communicate with the unseen. So as long as we depend on the mind to be our center of operation, as long as we depend on the mind to be the place where we get our information from, as long as we depend on the mind to be that which steers us in the appropriate direction, the more we become connected to that which can be seen and the more we limit our existence to that which can be seen. And since that which can be seen is elemental and the elemental is constantly in conflict, we live a life of conflict and we live a life of difficulty because of the constant 
warlike interaction between the elements. Fire and water don't mix. Air and fire don't mix. Hindus and Muslims don't mix. Jews and Christians don't mix. Nothing in the world mixes. It's made not to mix. To maintain elemental superiority, you have to exclude, period. You have to keep other things out. You have to keep things away. And we have an elemental nature that is tied to our previous incarnations. What do I mean? I mean our elemental nature is attached to our parents. And not only is it do we come out according to their DNA, we we also become attached to their belief systems and to that which they told us about when we were young. So if we're raised a certain way, we believe it. And it's almost impossible for us to give it up. Yet, unless they came from a tradition that believed in the unseen and in the formless, we are going to be raised in a tradition that believes in ritual and in form. And to escape from that, we have to break our tie to our elemental roots. We have to break our ties to our DNA. We have to break our ties with our parents. And this is called breaking our blood ties. Blood is the way that we were created. We were created from the blood within our mother. Two pieces of flesh, the sperm and the ovum, came together and formed us. These are parts of our father and parts of our mother. And we grew out of parts of our father and parts of our mother. But these are the elemental sources of our birth. They are not the spiritual sources of our birth. And to in the, and to this elemental form came a non-elemental soul encrusted within the form. And to become in touch with that shadowless portion of ourselves is our struggle and our dilemma. Because what we are raised in, what we see, and what we understand is the elemental. And to push away from it, to become non-involved in it, to become detached from it, to become independent of it, to become non-reliant upon it, is a very, very hard thing to do. Yet it's the work that we've been given. Now, for many people, the description of this work has really never been told to them. 
They've never had the opportunity to even hear about what we really have to do. They've been told, pray in such and such a way at such and such a time and do this consistently and you have completed your obligations towards your spiritual path. They haven't been told that become in touch with the part of you that's not elemental and become in touch with the part of everybody else around you that's not elemental. And in that way, you will find the truth of existence, the truth of reality, and you will be able to step out of illusion into the grace of the light that is from our Lord. So when we begin to truly understand this in its simplistic way, because it's not complex, it just doesn't seem real. It's not complex, it's just not graspable. It's not complex, it's just you can't get your arms around it because there's nothing there to hold on to. And as long as you need to hold on to things, you can't grasp it. So as long as we have this need to be elemental-like, as long as we need to be hugged, as long as we need to be petted, as long as we need that which is the signs of affection within the elemental, we can't move beyond it. Now, simultaneously, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't hug and we shouldn't pet. Because we should. And it's important. And we should hold on to each other. And we should give affection to each other in an elemental way and in a spiritual way. So we have to be able to take all of the things that exist as essential, yet try to also display them within the elemental. But knowing while that's going on that the truth is that the elemental is disappearing and we can't rely on that alone. It's quite a dilemma that we have been placed in. And it's quite a bit of work that we have to do. But if we're going to become real, it's the work we have to do. And we have to determine that we are willing to do this work. May Allah make it easy for us. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbi Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.